This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it has been a crazy couple of days. Hope everybody got their votes in. Everybody voted. We'll see how things pan out. Um, Hopefully by... Now we'll have some sort of answers, but um, I'm super excited. The voter turnout has been tremendous, and I'm so glad that so many people got out and made sure their voices were heard. Um, And I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on um, at the polls right now, but something even crazier going on, if you pick up a book um, of this fabulous author, Laura Heffernan, who's here to talk to us today, um, it's called Poll Dancer, P-O-L-L, not P-O. L-E, um, and she has um, written this, and it's super fun, and she's an award-winning, internationally best-selling author of fun, witty, romantic comedies and more serious women's fiction. After a few years of practicing law, she realized she much preferred arguing with her characters rather than other people. Um, when not watching Total Strangers get married, drag race queens, or cooking competitions, Laura enjoys enjoys board games, travel, board games, baking, and board games. And she lives in the Northeast with her husband and the world's most active toddler and two furry babies. And some of Laura's favorite things include goat cheese, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Battlestar Galactica, the Oxford Comma, and ice cream. Not all at the same time and not all together. The best place to find her is on Twitter, where she spends far too much time tweeting about writing, Canadian chocolate board games, and reality TV. Welcome to the show, Miss Laura Heffernan. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm good, Patricia. That was quite the introduction. Thank you. (laughs) I try to always kind of like spin it back, you know, to like what's applicable. So uh, with everything going on at the polls this week, and it's perfect because you have your push and poll series out and the latest release is um, Poll Dancer. So tell us about this book and how you came about creating this series. Um, So the funny thing is I actually started the series in 2016, during the election mm-hmm. cycle, um, we were we were watching a lot of The West Wing, actually, because, well, it was very relaxing to us. So we were watching sure. The West Wing, and um, I really, really like Rob Lowe in The West Wing. <laughs> um, sure, so, sure. So that kind of got the wheels turning in my mind a lot. Um, and I did a lot of – I was doing pool fitness at the time a lot. Um, I did a couple of um, – exhibitions we did some shows um they had me filling in for the instructor and when they couldn't show up in class so like i was all about learning to do pole fitness as exercise and uh-huh. i don't know um, i thought it'd be fun to put them together <laughs> so why not yeah yeah um and it just uh the the early versions of the book were actually a lot more serious um the main character's husband was the one running for office. It was very different. And it, it wasn't working, and it wasn't working, and it wasn't working. So finally I put it aside to focus on some other stuff. And then when this year's election cycle rolled around, you know, a year and a half ago when it started, um, right. I said, you know, maybe it's time to, to take a look, pull this back out. What's not working? I said, well, it's, it's not fun. It needs to be fun. So right. you have the whole book of makeover and turn it into a romantic comedy. And uh, uh, and I gave it a sequel. <laughs> so that's... yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people don't realize the process because nobody, 
a lot, you know, some writers are really gifted in the sense that they can sit down and they know what they're going to write, how they're going to write it, and it all comes out decently. You know, your first draft comes out decently well with some decent structure to it. But a lot of times, some of these stories that we really want to write, um, we get them out, and then we have to kind of just walk away from them for a while, and then come back and figure out how to fix it. Is I mean, what was the time span between? you saying, okay, wait, why isn't this working, and then coming back to it and rewriting it? Um, it was it was probably well over a year because I got the contract for my Gamer Girl series in the middle of all that, mm-hmm. and so I had to, I had a good reason, I guess. I put it aside. I, I wrote those books, and then I came back to it. So probably about 18 months at least. I don't okay. know, I had a baby in there. Things have been kind of a blur. <laughs> right. <laughs> That does derail things. <laughs> this is probably, I mean, this is the longest I've had a book sit, but I, I am not somebody who can sit down and write a perfect first draft and mail it to their agent and have it sell three days later because it's beautiful. Right. I have heard, right. I, I see those people on TV. I, they're not real. <laughs> so no, I don't think they are. I, yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's interesting. It does take a lot of time and um, crafting and, and everything else. So yeah, it, it it's um it's always a very big process. Were were you a big reader when you were growing up? Is that how you kind of came about wanting to write a book one day or did that come later? Oh, no, I'm a big reader. I taught myself how to read when I was 4 because my sisters didn't want to read to me anymore. Um they were <laughs> bored. <laughs> so, um and it, when I was first second grade, I go to the library after school every day and get a book and I take it home and I sit and I read till dinner and then the next day I would return it and get a new one. Yeah. What were your favorites? I loved Nancy Drew so much. Uh. <laughs> um, I was I was sad because my school library only had like twelve of them. So, oh no! <laughs> right. I, there's uh, there's well over a hundred. Um, but I love those. I really like the Bobsy Twins, Trixie Belden, um, and then when I got a a little bit older, the Babysitters Club, Sweet Valley High, Sweet Valley Twins. Right. Um, all of those. Those just weren't. Whenever those came out, I started reading all those. Oh, there were so many. There was yeah, it, it was really a little bit. It was a little bit weird when I was younger. I was like, oh, Carolyn Keene, you know, she wrote all these books. Wow. And then, you know, you find out as you're older that it's just the pen name that of whomever writes Nancy Drew. Um, because it got to the point where I remember reading about her and it, she was like born in. I don't know, 1930 something, and here we are. And I'm thinking, she's, you know, she's like a thousand years old now, and she's still writing. That's weird. Um, well, they had so, the same yeah. group of people writing all of those, and the Bob yeah. and the Hardy Boys. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was quite an awakening when I realized that Carolyn Keene wasn't really like one real person. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's not Beverly Cleary, who was going to write till she's 200 years old, but. Um. Yeah, <laughs> she's lady's still writing. Uh, she's at what 104 now, I think. Um, Something like that. Good for her. Prolific. I, I, hope. Yeah. So you've got. So my understanding from you were an attorney for a while. What kind of law did you practice? Um, I was in a. I was in a boutique law firm, which really just means small, but um, I was the litigation department. 
So we did various things, family law, landlord-tenant, um, basically the the other side of the office. They okay. did contracts and business deals and stuff, and then we were there when things went wrong. <laughs> so Okay. Um, but but that was it, that was it your calling, huh? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I mean, sometimes there's good stuff. I, I like, you know, being able to help people. That's a big sure. thing for me. I always, I always want to help people. But, um, yeah, I didn't love the arguing, really. Right. Um, Wait, just, um, did you help with any mini adoption cases? No, no. Um, but, so I went into it originally. I wanted, I had big dreams, of course, where I was going to change the world. I wanted sure. to do civil rights law. I wanted to change change things I wanted to make the bring us forward all kinds of things and yeah um you know life doesn't always go that way so it just it just didn't um and as I got into what I was doing it just yeah it just wasn't for me yeah I mean it's it's um definitely a difficult line of work um there's a lot of there's different factors to it and and a lot of details um so it's um yeah a lot of a lot of details um so tell me you've got here you love board games so tell me your top five (laughs) how much time do you have we Uh, have 35 minutes (laughs) okay i I could say i'm talking about board games for 35 minutes um, so okay. right now I'm I'm playing a lot of Among Us, which is actually the it's an app game. Um, it's social deduction, okay. and that's fun. I think everybody's playing that. It's on Reddit, but that's not really a board game. So AOC plays that. It's on Reddit. People can find it. Among Us. It's fun. Um, my favorite board games I would say Pandemic, ironically. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot of expansions. It's it's one of those games that never gets old for me, but there are also so many expansions that you can make it new. Um, right. So that's fun. Um, Betrayal at House on the Hill. It's like a horror okay. movie in a board game. Wow. Yeah, so I really I really like that one. And that's another one that um, it's different every time. So, sure. Um, so that's fun. Oh, so I'm actually, this is funny, so I'm sitting in my basement. And I'm sitting right next to my board game shelf, and I'm looking at it. My board game shelf is packed. It was really supposed to move two weeks ago. <laughs> um, uh, and I you've do, got to pack, uh, get, love, get all that packed up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, Legendary, definitely make my top five. That is a superhero cooperative game, Cards. Forbidden Desert. Okay. Oh, and uh, the game I suck at. What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> of course, now I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to feel stupid later. Well, let's say Mysterium instead. Mysterium is fun. Okay. That's like another okay. haunted type game. But there's a game that I really love that I'm terrible at, and I still enjoy it, and that is huge. Because when you lose every single time and you're still having fun, that's a good game. That is a good game. I, you know, it was always we'd always kind of do um, a trivial pursuit, but then we'd play with Monopoly pieces. You know, it was just like a, you just kind of make up your own thing. Um, and I think those kind of games just 
it's just a lot of fun to play with with people you are truly enjoying the time with. Um, right. just, I feel like it's just time well spent, and it's not just playing the game because you know it's it's the time and then the discussion and then the crazy silly stuff that happens and um, everything that goes with it. So um, yes. yeah, I always think that's that's a wonderful wonderful time well spent. Um, so. You have this one series that we were talking about earlier, and then you have a few others. You have a women's fiction, you have Gamer Girl series, you have the Oceanic Dream series, Reality Star series. I mean, you you have all these different books, and so what you know what is the catalyst of coming up with these different series? I mean, what what was the you know did you say I just want to sit down and write something like this, or what was kind of the trigger to get you to do so for these different ones? Um, a few of the books, it really was just, I had an idea for a book, so I wrote it. Okay. Um, the, the reality star series was my first series. That was actually sparked when my best friend went on a reality show, um, on ABC called The Glass House. It's actually, thanks to the pandemic, it's, it's available again, even though it aired many years ago, but it's it's online. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, I went through that process with her, um, in the background, I was, I was handholding. I was on the phone. I was talking to her when she was applying and making the video and all that stuff, um, going to the interviews. So I, I got the little behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then after she was eliminated from the show, which is not a spoiler because it's been years, um, she came home and we were watching it together. And that was just really weird actually, but cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So it kind of just stemmed from that. It got me thinking about, like, what kind of reality show would I like or what, you know, the way that show worked out didn't quite go the way we had hoped. So how would my show go? Um, right. And that series follows the same person. I had a lot of fun with it. I really love those characters. I would love to get back to that world someday. Uh, the Do you have any – that... go ahead. Well, no, I'm saying do you have any characters in that – series that your readers have said, hey, what about so-and-so? Um, I've had a couple of people ask me about the sister, Sarah, and I would like to give Sarah her own book. Um, I actually thought it'd be fun to give one of the villains her own novella with her own reality show, kind of a spinoff. Okay. Um, but I have, I have trouble because I write villains Sometimes it's hard to redeem them. <laughs> I can make oh, them yeah. a star there. Um, that's not a strength I have. I'm working on it. <laughs> I know Emily Gibson managed it with uh, something barred and something blue. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's tough. Um, so the Gamer Girl <laughs> series follows different couples. Okay. Um, and that started, my, my editor was actually asking me how I met my husband. And I was talking about how we both played board games and we went to different events where people play games and we kept running into each other and we were friendly and we, you know, and she said, oh, you should write that story. So it's, I mean, it's not the story of us, but it's, the backdrop is similar. Right. And the covers are and really you know, cute. Did you design your covers? Oh, absolutely not. But aren't they fabulous? <laughs> I can't design my way out of a paper bag, but I love them. I I was so I was driving when they sent them to me, and when my phone told me I had an email, I was expecting it. I pulled over because <laughs> I needed. Yeah. I knew it was coming. 
um, and I pulled it up and I saw and I was just so happy I started crying like uh, it was beautiful um, yeah they really the are thing is, they sent me three concepts for book one and I liked them all so much they just made those three concepts the three books I mean with some changes wow that's uh, cool yeah. And then you have your Oceanic Dream series, and you have several books in this one. Uh, see, I'm getting seven, seven, eight. They're eight these? books, but I only wrote one. It's an it's a multi-author series. Okay, okay. Oh yes, so, I see. You wrote book two, The Time of My Life. Yep. Um, which is about it's Dirty Dancing, but it's um, it's a gender flip Dirty Dancing. So it's about a pole fitness instructor who follows for a student on a cruise ship. And, he and was the whole and series not, set on a cruise ship? Uh, it's all set on the same cruise, actually. So if you read carefully, you will see characters from one book pop up in the others, which was a lot of fun. Right. So did someone, I mean, did one of your friends approach you and say, we're doing this? So then did you all brainstorm and, and I mean, obviously coordinated because, you know, you can't be guessing what someone else is doing. But, I mean, how long did that whole process take for you guys? I think we started it about nine or ten months before the first book came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it might it might have actually been longer. Um, but somebody posted in a group I was in, just, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Is there any interest? And a, a bunch of people responded, way more than eight. Um, so she started a separate group, and we went in there, and we started throwing around, like, okay, what kind of heat level do we want? Um dual point of view or single point of view and then as we talked more about that people were kind of dropping off and then there were some scheduling issues so um, we were down to three or four people at one point and then we got back up to eight just because schedules cleared and it just started working out better okay Um, I am not a planner I thought it was a great experience and actually that was the first time I published the book myself So it was really good for a first time doing indie publishing to have seven other experienced authors sitting with me saying, here's how we do this. So I'm, I'm very lucky that I got that experience because that's, that's worth a lot. You could pay a lot to get that from somebody else. Oh, sure. I mean, you talk about formatting, you talk about, you know, the book cover, you talk about, the length you talk, I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that just, yeah, the book right. is written, but then there's this whole nother, you know, level or checklist of things that you have to make sure to make sure the book looks good. Right. Stuff I never would have thought of. Right. Never in a minute. So that was good. That's great. Did, I mean, are you thinking that you might would be interested in doing another series like that? I mean, if somebody came and said, okay. hey, we're thinking about doing it, would you do it again? Um, absolutely. I'm actually doing an anthology that's coming out in July next year. Okay. Um, I think the only difference between the series we did in that anthology is the books are all, it's all released on the same day. And the books are shorter, I think. It's right. It's more in the ten to thirty thousand word range. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. Can you tell us anything about that project? Um, it's for Paranormal Cozy Mysteries. So I'm working okay. on a new series and a new pen name. 
um, the Shady Grove Mysteries about a girl who discovers that she is psychic and she is a biology major and not super excited about um, the idea that psychics are real. She doesn't believe in that. So um, she's learning to discover, she's learning about her powers and uh, then her boss gets accused of murder. So she has to figure out fast how to use her powers to figure out what really happened. So it's the mm-hmm. first book, and then um, the one coming out, it's just an extension of that series. So the way things worked out with the calendar, it's actually going to be book three and a half is the one in the multi-author set. Oh, nice. That's great. And so you're going to have this series coming out the beginning of next year? So yep, when so that one hits, it's the three and a half? Okay. And do you have names for that uh, those books yet? Uh, the first book is going to be called Mystic Pieces. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I, so my favorite thing about Paranormal Cozies is the puns and the titles. So I have Mystic Pieces. Sure. I have The Scry's the Limit. Okay. Sight Searing. And then the fourth one I think is going to be called Mystic Air. Like okay. Missing Air, but Mystic Air. Cool. And then what's your I pen name? Oh, Ada Bell. Okay. Ada Bell. A-D-A? Like Ada Lovelace. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I was going to ask you if you had talked about writing paranormal because of the, the board games you were giving me. And I thought, huh, well, I wonder if you'll ever will. And you are. So <laughs> that's fine. You know, it's funny. I, I, mean, and, I don't know that I made that connection, but I was playing a lot of Mysterium when I started writing this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's. I think it's kind of fun to do a completely different departure because the, mm-hmm. the cozy mysteries will still have that charm of your your voice and the the fun of it. It's just a little right. bit of a different take, you know. Okay. They are a lot of fun, so, and that's that's what I read when I'm not reading Chicklet. So, right. Kinda, it it was a natural step for me. Yes. Yeah. It's it is fun. So tell me, um, who is on your to-be-read list right now, or to-be-read pile? Um, Aaron Huff, who writes Paranormal Mysteries. Okay. <laughs> uh, is at the top of the list. I, I have so many books. I know. I know. That's what, I just got one, too. I'm like, what is it? I'm really excited about it. Kate O'Keefe. Okay. Um her new series, the first book was Dating Mr. Darcy. That was fabulous. The second one is Marrying Mr. Darcy. So it's a, um, oh, I need to read the, it's by Allison Winscotch, Cleo McDougall, I think. Okay. Something like that. It's a, it's a political women's fiction. So um, it came out when I was working on the accidental senator and I was really excited, but at the same time, I didn't want any ideas from that to kind of seep into my subconscious. So I bought sure. it and I've been sitting on it. Can you use it as a oh, reward have, when you're completely finished? <laughs> yeah. I have to love and to loathe, which is an advanced copy of a historical rom-com. And I, the first book in that series to have and to hoax was absolutely fantastic. I loved everything about it. So I'm extremely oh, wow. excited that they gave me book two. 
Yeah, so I, I read a lot of historical romance when I was younger, and I haven't really seen any historical rom-coms. Um, so it was new and hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. So I'm really looking forward to this. That sounds fabulous. I have written those down, so I'll look forward to looking them up. Um, so you have your Paranormal series coming up, and you've just mm-hmm. released this. What other projects do you have coming in the next year? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I had some stuff that was scheduled for this year that kind of got pushed back due to COVID stuff. Sure. So I want to revisit some of that. Um, I have a a chiclet book. I call it the anti-romance. I'm thinking okay. about releasing around Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> because not all love is happily ever after. Uh, right. So... But I'm not, I'm thinking about that. I'd like to write a sequel first. So that's kind of, we'll see how that goes. So that's, I have a lot of stuff floating around. I I really carefully scheduled all the paranormal romance stuff, and I haven't gotten too much beyond that yet. I do have a really fun Royals rom-com that I'm hoping to get out next year, though. And is that just like, is that under... Um, it's not paranormal, but it's just like a, a regular uh, romantic comedy, correct? Mm-hmm. Romantic comedy about a girl who marries a prince by mistake. <laughs> okay, very interesting. Okay. So, I mean, you've got a lot of amazing ideas. And do you usually like to have like all three books or two books or however written before you uh, have them out there? Or do you you know, one at a time? I mean, how does that, how do, what is your process? Well, I started in the traditional world where you write a book and then you query the book and they tell you not mm-hmm. to write the sequels because your editor is going to want changes to your first book, which makes right. sense when you think about it. But sure. when you shift to indie, then I am my editor. And so it's, it, it is kind of hard to shift that mindset. I am trying with the paranormals. My goal is to have all three written before I at least drafted before I even release the first one. So I have book one almost ready, almost completely done. And that's coming out in January. Book two is drafted and book three I'm drafting now. And then I'll edit those next month or I'll start editing, but they're, they're not, they're supposed to come out in March and May. So I have time on those. Okay. But I want, I want to at least know what's happening so that I can make sure that everything fits. I think that's for me, that's more important with a mystery because there's more moving pieces. Right. Um, so how many projects are you going to have coming out next year? That's a good question. I think six. <laughs> Which sounds wow. like a lot. That can't be right. But um, two of them are already written. Sure. Sure. And wow, one of them is like half drafted so I've, I've got a lot of stuff in progress I tend to write fast um, editing takes me a lot longer okay and so you have but, 10 books out now correct total I'm counting my head yes I'm, yes okay and so you're going to add six more this next year wow that's amazing it sounds so impressive when you say it can you say it like Every day. <laughs> sure. 
I will text you every day and I will say, Laura, that is amazing. So one of the, I mean, especially, the yeah, because I think a lot of people have had trouble being creative, you know, these last several months. I, I, with, you know, lockdown and everything and all the crazy that's been going on, it's, I think, your creative outlet. So I think some people kind of just focus that energy or people like me who are not great at focusing had trouble. Um, but it sounds like you're really able to focus, and that's amazing that you've, you've been able to create these amazing stories in this period of time. Well, maybe it helps that I'm channeling my energy toward killing people rather than trying to make them fall in love. I did shift genres completely. That's a valid point. Yes, that would <laughs> that would be good energy. You know, maybe I should write a mystery. Maybe I should channel my inner Agatha Christie and just go after it. <laughs> Mysteries are fun. I like them. I really like figuring stuff out. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I know that um, you know, I, I I grew up watching the Agatha Christie movies, you know, with Peter Ustinov and being yep. um, Perot, and then um, my mom read all of the books, and she read Nagio Marsh, and I mean all of them, and um, but I remember reading them and then seeing them and are seeing the movies, and it was just my goal to be able to figure out who did it and how, yes. but I could and why <laughs> I could usually figure out maybe one. But I was never able to figure out all of it. It was, yeah. She wrote a good mystery. She did. I read a lot of them when I was younger. Probably not all because mm-hmm. there are many, but I read a lot. Yeah. I just, yeah. And then, of course, the big, one of the big mysteries about Agatha Christie's life is that she disappeared for a few weeks. Um, really? And nobody knew where she was. Yeah. It was a big deal. So apparently she uh, left one night um, and went off to drive somewhere, and they found her car. It was abandoned. Nobody knew where she was. And then she just showed up, like, three weeks later or something, um, and said she had no recollection of it. Um, the rumor was that her husband was going to leave her. or There was some sort of domestic instability going on. Uh, and so I think she ended up divorcing him, and then she made like, wrote a bunch more books, and was completely happy with, with, with that. So, there you are. Uh, but she right. never I'm talked about things. it. I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, she I'm... never talked about it. Yeah. So nobody knows. So it would be cool if you did like a historical and let's like ran a boarding house somewhere, and this woman shows <laughs> up, you know. We don't know who she is. She looks so funny because I, sure who it is. I do want to do a, a spinoff series about a witch who runs a bed and breakfast. <gasps> oh, God, you have to write that. <laughs> uh, where would you set it? Where do you think you'd set it? Um, I would put it in the same town, which uh, Shady Grove is a town that I made up, but it's in upstate okay. New York, and it's pretty similar to small towns near where I live. That's not a coincidence. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so she would either live in Shady Grove, which is so small, I don't think they have a bed and breakfast, or Willow Falls, which is the town I set, like the adjacent town. She might be there just to, then I could bring in a new whole cast of characters in the adjacent town. Um, That is in very early planning stages, as you can tell. Yes, we can brainstorm it right here on the show. (laughs) 
tell us and why I haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I know you will. You sound like you, you're, you're good at brainstorming and getting things plotted, so that's very cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing what 2021 – it is 21. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> it's like, are we in November? Is it still 2020? Yeah, it is. Um, it's March, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed – I know. I noticed, too, um, on your bio that – you are a Battlestar Galactica fan. Is that are you a sci-fi fan in general, or um, just just Battlestar Galactica is kind of your thing? So I like sci-fi movies and TV shows, and not so mm-hmm. much the books. And I think that's because the books tend to get a little more into the science, and I like to keep my reading fluffy because I like right. um, young adult science fiction and fantasy, okay. and that again tends to be a little fluffier, a little less dense. Not always, but um, so I think that's why. But yeah, so I love Star Wars. I love the Marvel movies, Star Trek, um, all that stuff, and Battlestar yeah. Galactica. I I really think um, my roommate got me watching that at the time, um, and when she was first talking about it, we we're like, "That sounds really dumb." <laughs> but um, <laughs> then, isn't that always how it is? You're like, "That is the weirdest show ever," and then you sit down and you start watching. You're like, "Wow, this is awesome." Um, I know. So yeah, <laughs> and it was just extremely well made, which I think helped a lot. And um, I mean, it's really it's about the people, right? The relationships. Sure, they're in space yeah. and they're robots trying to kill them, but you know, they fall in love and they fly planes and I don't know, they do stuff. And it's it's all the interactions. I don't know. I like the characters. Yeah, yeah. I my husband was a big. Um, we got together in 2000, and I remember one weekend he's like, "Hey, you know, you know, come over and watch this." And we were, uh, it was Stargate, and I was like, "What is this show?" Um, yep. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I think it took a couple episodes, so I was like, um, "Okay." It did help. Like Christopher Judge had like these massive, like ripped arms, which you know, you gotta admit, <laughs> the man, the man's delicious. So. Um, <laughs> And then you we had, of course, the <laughs> right, and then you had the hot nerd, and so that was Michael Shanks. He played Daniel Jackson, and then you had, um, of course, um, Richard Dean Anderson, who was the smart, smarty pants. But then the I really liked too was um, woman who played a Sam Car- Sam Carter. She was Amanda Tapping, and so she's like this completely self sufficient, strong, intelligent woman um, who can completely hold her own, and is and they all yep. work in complement. So it was never this situation. They never wrote it like um, she was going to be the damsel in distress all the time. You know, it was, she was incredibly, and all the women on the show were very self-sufficient and, and able to hold their own. And, and the guys respected them for it. So it was like this really nice situation. And then of course, all this crazy stuff they do because they're going to other planets. So, but yeah, it's, it's, um, but the relationship, like you're talking about, the core of that is, the relationships between the people. Um, mm-hmm. And that was always fun to see. Yeah. A lot of fun. I always love that, um, uh, you know, the Teal, the Michael Judge, uh, uh, Christopher Judge, sorry, Michael Judge, Mike Judge is the creator of Beavis and Butthead in the office space, sorry. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Christopher Judge. On <laughs> yeah, totally different, <laughs> totally different demographic there. Um, 
but Chris Judge, when he would do his character, he would always say, indeed. And so I always love using that, that meme all the time for my kids. I'm like, indeed. I'll send it to them. My yes, husband indeed. does that. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. That really low, lovely voice he has. Um, well, yeah, and you're right about the sci-fi because it can get a little, uh, for me, and, and I know not everybody, but the technical. But it does, again, to go back to the relationship parts, um, right. we – my husband had me read uh, Door into Summer. He didn't have me read. He suggested. Um, have you read that, Door into Summer? I don't think book? so. It's good. It's got time travel in it. There's, you know, there's, it's, but there's a guy in it, and his name, I can't remember him, his name, but he has a cat named Pete. And um, the guy works from home, and so the cat goes to every single door when it's bad weather outside. And there's like eight doors in this guy's house that lead out. And um, okay. he complains at every door because it's not summer. He wants to go outside when it's summertime. So he just oh. keeps going from door to door. So, yeah, if it's raining or snowing. Yeah. So that's what we, we joke in our house. It's like, oh, it's not the door to summer. And the dog's like, it's raining. <laughs> it's not the door to summer. <laughs> so, yeah, so we get to kind of pull the whole sci-fi thing into the house with everything else that we watch sci-fi. So um, I would love it when I get to talk to other people about the sci-fi part because um, it's just fun. So why not, right? Absolutely. So you have um, Ada Bell is your going to be your your pen name for your paranormal series that's coming out. The first book comes out when? January 11th. Okay. 17. Can you pre-order? It's January. It is up for pre-order, yes. All three of them are. Okay. All the first three. Okay, perfect. So will they come out like January, March, and um, May? Yep. Okay. With the novella in July. Perfect. Got it all spaced out. You're going to have everybody all ready for the summer um, and all happy and their Kindles be and all fun so you've got that going and then you've you're working on some other stuff what haven't you what genre haven't you written in yet that you want to you've talked about a more paranormal or some others but what what do you think you haven't even touched yet um the one thing i've never touched and i probably won't is historical Mm. um i like it but my process is very much vomit words onto the page and historical <laughs> needs to, I feel like it needs to be more researched and more planned out up front yeah um, I, I mean I suppose I could do the research and then vomit the words but I'm I just I'm not <laughs> sure the, the that all works with my process I do leave like I, I'll do placeholders but I feel like yeah. it would just turn into the old building was Add words here, describe old things. <laughs> right. Or I yeah. distracted and spent three hours researching the clothes. And what was what is the right word for that thing, the cod piece? <laughs> cod, cod piece, I don't know. And when did they wear it? And I would, I think I'd get lost in the details. Yeah, it's it's definitely a rabbit hole. That's it's hard to hyper focus, getting only what you need. Um, Right. Because it's so easy to get them. distracted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you're, I have talked, I've thought about that too. And then I'm like, well, God, am I going to get the timeline right? Now, is this mm-hmm. going to be 
Like if if it was available in Philadelphia in 1837, was it actually available in South Carolina? And as you know, I don't know. I don't want to be wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. Can I just write it like if I were there, just like make it that way? No, Um, no, you can't. So yeah, yeah, historicals are definitely its own genre, and the and the people who write beautiful historicals. They are just so good at the research. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's so flawless in in the right. story. And um, I never can remember what's the word that um, you have something in a movie or whatever, but it wasn't invented yet. An a word for that? Is it an anachronism? I feel like that's not exactly right. I thought as an acronym was the like the um, like initials like you have the ADA the American Dietary Association or you know CPR that's an anagram that's an anagram okay thank you I will write this down um, yeah anachronism that's that's it anachronism okay because I remember um, was it years ago on Cheers they were talking about guys were sitting there at the bar talking about some. Grecian movie they saw and they were talking about all the anachronisms, you know, like people wearing tennis shoes and (laughs) (laughs) that's what my historical romance would look like. (laughs) There are no tennis shoes in ancient Greece. (laughs) Well, there is in my ancient Greece. (laughs) Oh well, yeah. For people who do historical well, I will never be one of them. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I think I'll just read some things. Um, so cool. Well, I so appreciate you coming on today. I know you're crazy busy. I know you're about to make a big move. And you spent some time with us talking about your books. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for rearranging everything to fit my very bizarre schedule. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so if you're looking for some really fun books to read, Laura Heffernan has 10 books out. She's got a few different series. She's got, they're all fun. And you can find her on her website, Facebook, Twitter, BookBub, and Goodreads. All of them are in the links to the write-up of the show. Reach out, talk to Laura, and know that she's got a book on pre-order that's coming out in January as well, another one in March, another one in May. And then she's also got a book out now called Pole Dancer, and the link is in the write-up show, so go grab it. And it also has another book in the series um, called The Accidental Senator. So two books in that series, so you've got plenty to read and keep you busy for the next couple of weeks. So this is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and we will see you guys soon. Keep on reading, everybody. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions www.cosproductions.com Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. 